0: 18 degrees Celsius, humidity 78%. News and weather, RTHK.
1: Good morning and welcome to Back Chat. I'm Andrew Work and my guest presenter today is Car Hawk Good morning, Car.
2: Good morning, Andrew.
1: Ready to rock and roll? Yep. All right. On today's Back Chat, we're talking about a call for a departure tax. The Liberal Party has proposed introducing a departure tax on Hong Kong permanent residents, probably you, traveling out of Hong Kong by land, air or sea. They see this as a way of boosting government revenue to alleviate the deficit and to discourage people from leaving. It's one of a series of recommendations made by the party at a meeting with Financial Secretary Paul Chan to discuss the upcoming budget. They also hope that Beijing could relax visa rules for visitors from Shenzhen so that they can make multiple trips to the SAR every week and increase the number of mainland cities covered by the individual visit scheme. And after 9.45, we'll address the proliferation of deep fake video and audio flooding the internet and how to get expert tips on how to detect deep fakes. Tell us how excited you are to pay our departure tax on our Facebook page or email us at backchat at rthk.hk or call us on 233 uh, And we got a couple of great guests lined up and more to come on the show. But unfortunately, the Liberal Party declined our multiple invitations to join us to talk about this idea they've had. Um, uh, but uh, we are very excited to have with us Andy Kwan, who is the director with the ACE Center for Business and Economic Research. Good morning, Andy. I know you're out there, Andy. Yep. Good morning. Welcome on the show. Good morning. Good, good morning. morning. Uh, we also welcome C. Lai Shan, who is the deputy director for the Society for Community Organization, uh, good, also known as SoCo. Good morning, C. Lai Shan. Hey, good morning. Good morning. Um, okay, so uh, the Liberal Party comes with a bunch of uh, kind of a list of suggestions for our financial secretary. And one of the big headline grabbers was this idea of a departure tax Supposedly to help the budget, but also uh, we've talked a lot in the show about Hong Kongers leaving the leaving Hong Kong for party time on the weekend. Um, Andy Kwan, what do you think of this as a, as an idea? There's a number of economic dimensions to it. I'll let you pick which one you want to tackle first. Mm, um- you are talking about departure tax. Yeah, let's talk. Let's talk departure tax. You want to talk about how can it can impact okay. the budget or okay. how it impacts the people? Oh, that's oh, no, start with departure
0: tax. Uh, I think it's um, it's a problem here. Uh problem regarding like uh, whether it's a good idea to to impose it because uh, we are looking at the uh, there are more Hong Kongers going to Suncheon than uh mainlanders coming from uh, hong kong and this is a we call a lot of balance. and uh, if you look at the um the money okay in terms of money uh you are talking about more money going to uh, mainland and more uh, less money coming from um uh, money, uh from mainland to hong kong so it's a kind of like a this will uh, create a lot of problems in terms of internal consumption in terms of like uh, um, uh, people spending money over there, way right? uh, because people when more Hong Kong is going to consumption, and it means we buy, we import uh, services from uh, from mainland. And uh, but, however, this will affect our internal consumption. And as you can see from the uh, retail sales, uh, there's a little bit of disappointment in the in the recent figures. And uh, sometimes uh, you can see it's a, below, okay, the figures are below expectations. So this indicates uh, uh, there's a potential problem. If this trend continues, what will happen is, like, this will lower the GDP growth, economic growth of Hong Kong. And you can see that, like, uh, after, like, uh, the so-called opening up the uh, the, Hong, the Hong, uh, Hong Kong border, okay, so-called... Uh, we we see that something like uh supposed to be a much uh uh faster growth in uh faster growth in the economy but nowadays when you look at the the past two quarters of the economic growth it's not this it's not what I expected so i think imposing the departure tax is a way to uh boost the economy in that respect also as the as at the same time like uh, you you earn a little bit revenue from that uh, from that respect but it's not going to uh, earn a lot but at least this works in two ways one getting more revenue second and you uh, try to keep internal consumption uh, going otherwise you know this will become something like a, a negative factor if there are more people going from uh, there are more people uh, from Hong Kong going to China China however mainly travels are uh, sure. in terms of uh, numbers are less so this is a key problem here
1: yeah so I'm, I'm looking at numbers from uh, an article they've they're quoting uh, an economist at Citibank and if you're a customer of Citibank you might want to let them know what you think about this Adrian Liu uh, who's an economist? There estimates the tax could bring a total revenue of two point three billion dollars to the SAR government uh, by charging ninety million departures. That would be locals and tourists, twenty five dollars a piece. And they again, that's on ninety million departures. Um, and I mean, so far we've had okay. So so I mean, this Citibank is actually advocating. Yes, this is a, a something they should do. Two point three billion. I mean. It's not nothing, but it's not a lot when mm. governments used to run $60 billion surpluses. I mean, see um, Lai Shan, how popular is this going to be with your constituency, the grassroots people of Hong Kong, if they're getting dinged $25 at the border when they want to make a trip up to Shenzhen?
3: Yeah, I think some of them, they actually, they every day going out to, uh, they're working, Sometimes, some of them working in uh, uh, mainland and they come to Hong Kong, living in Hong Kong or some are living in uh, and then uh, working in Hong Kong every day, so I don't know. I mean, they they should have an exemption for these people, and then for those uh, uh, sorry, Western why, why people, should why
1: should they get an exemption?
3: Every day, or oh, how can you pay it? <laughs> they, they, I think there will be a problem. And the other, I think um, for those grassroots people, they are uh, uh, um, uh, they, they some of them they will visit their homeland. But not frequency, but every year, maybe one time or two times. And for those very low, low uh, income, there will be, for, I don't know how much they will be imposed. If, uh, if that's a m- amount, that amount, there will be a, a, a burden for them.
1: Right. So you're kind of soak the rich. They can, mm. they can afford it, so they should pay, but other people shouldn't pay.
3: Uh, I think if, if, if they, some of the, those very low income, they can waive, they will be, they will be good. Or mm. they just mm. visit their home but but nation. Is isn't have that it, what
1: the government doesn't want? They don't want people going back out and spending money in China. They want to keep them in Hong Kong. I mean, or there's the Liberal Party, rather. This isn't government policy. This is a Liberal Party idea. Isn't they want to keep them here? They don't want them going out? Shouldn't, they, shouldn't they make if, it higher for they, poor
3: people? If they actually, they want to keep the people their uh, consumption in Hong Kong, I think they should improve the service because I have many friends or many people, they complain that the service in Hong Kong, they, the quality is uh, dropping down. So I think the government, they need to have some training, some uh, supporting for those uh, service sectors, so how to improve the quality of a uh, 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 service, that's a problem because they are campaigning, those waiters they are not uh, good enough they are not, uh, uh, and then the engine they are really best uh, and then even, not on, even, not only the hardware, but also the software, they improve a lot uh, 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 so that's, I think the government also, they reviewed with their, those uh, um uh, Suchers, and then they have doing some support for them.
4: Yeah. So it sounds like uh, both of you think uh, the departure test which is suggested by the Liberal Party, is not very sustainable, and it can't actually help Hong Kong's like income. So what do you think about uh, uh, what do you think about like the government can do, or we add to these uh, suggestions actually?
0: Mm. Let's put this way. I support the departure tax. You do what? No, 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 I did. I I See the problem. The problem is the integration between the two like Between Hong Kong and mainland. Okay.
1: Okay.
0: That is To some extent is very much against the principle, but given the situation of Hong Kong right now. Okay, we need people more people to spend money in Hong Kong because when you think about that, when Hong Kong is going back to China, well, going back to something that often, and it's not travel. It's not something like due to like a travel to have a leisure, uh, uh, some kind of like a spending good time there. It's just something even, if they walk over, they walk over to go, to do grocery. <laughs> that's, that's really funny, okay? But when you have this kind of attitude, what will happen is you can see this really affect. The local consumption which is the main engine of growth of the economy okay so we want to uh lower the number of visits to something for this kind of purpose okay and uh of course we need to improve the service of the uh, the retail industry uh, or some kind of like food and beverages industry okay but but at the same time we do uh I put this way. I, I look at the, the the revenue generated from this kind of a uh, tax. It's not going to be, uh, to be a lot because when you look at the air passenger departure tax, okay, before the pandemic, uh, you, uh every year, I think this revenue is about like uh, less than uh three billion dollars, okay? It's not a lot. So you are talking about there's a big hole in our debt, uh in our budget because of a land premium. Uh, We are going to get much, much, uh, we are going to, uh, like, uh, we don't get enough money from land premium, because when you look at the recent figure, okay, in terms of land premium, for this year, it's only like a seven point some billion dollars, okay, I mean, just for land premium, but the forecast supposed to be $85 billion, but it's not going to be one year like this, Yeah. okay, it's going to be like uh, many years like this. Yeah, so, there's, how there's, can we fill the hole? So, sure. that's the main thing we need to get revenue back. Even when you look at the departure tax in terms of revenue, it's not going to be a lot. So, I support this kind of issue since we have uh, air passenger departure tax, but we don't need to do this for like uh, permanently. We just do it for uh, maybe a few more years, and we start with, like, uh, some other measures. Like, we try to encourage uh, mainland tourists coming to Hong Kong, like, uh, we can reinstate the multiple entry, entry individual visit. okay? Mm. So, uh, <clears throat> that, that, that we're we'll trying to find a balance here, okay? Oh, lots, lots to come prob- back
1: lots to come back to there, mm-hmm. but I know C. Shan has to leave a little bit early. C. Lai Shan, do you want to get a final word in? <clears throat> so far, I get the sense that you, you say yes yeah, to partial tax, I but exemptions for, uh, for poor people. Uh, for Anything those, else?
3: That- I think also the schooling, the people they come to school, uh, the students, I think the government they can think more about those uh, really high profit, uh, uh, make high profit and then they can test more, have a progressive uh, system, mm-hmm. uh, test system. So I think they should think more about this. Uh, yeah.
1: Yeah. It yeah. sounds like GST Wordman says, oh, it's very simple and they're like, but I need an exemption here. Oh, I need an exemption here. Oh, and another one. And then it gets very complicated. Uh, mm. But, but Celia Shan, thank you for coming on and thank letting you. us know about mm. the impact on, on lower-income Hong Kongers and where you think this should go. We appreciate you coming on today. That's Celia Shan, Deputy Director, Society for Community Organization, a.k.a. SOCO. Uh, still on is Andy Kwan, the Director for the ACE mm. Center for Business and Economic Research. Andy, as, Andy, as a free market yes. economist, I love that government taxes and fees are visible because people then mm. un- know what they are, they understand them, mm. and they can work to reduce them. But Mm. as a politician, I rather my taxes are hidden because then people pay it and don't even know, like the airport departure (laughs) tax, right? You know, Mm. probably a lot of people don't know that in their kind of hidden in the price of their airplane ticket is a hundred and twenty dollar fee, right? I even even I didn't even know about it until we started looking into this for this show. Um, Mm. Is is this? How do you see this being administrative, and will it be popular? I mean, if uh, if it if it disappears $25 into the price of an airline ticket people won't even notice if it is you have to get out your wallet or your octopus card at the border and pay 25 bucks people mm-hmm. are going to flip you know they're going to they're going to lose their, their cool but how do you see this this dynamic as a as a visible or non-visible tax um
0: of course it's, you can make it uh non-visible but uh, but every uh, like it's I think people are not dummy. Okay? <laughs> They're not dumb uh, in that respect. But uh, I think it's the charge. How much you charge? Okay. And also think about like a, uh, you've got to understand like uh, This become kind of like behavior among Hong Kongers. Like they go back to China, just, just for like uh not not not, not for like for like having I don't know like a uh, drink grocery. That that's ridiculous. So I think it's a, that's a price differential. Okay. If but the problem is like uh if you make it like uh uh not reasonable in the, in that respect, but uh, somehow people know it okay but uh just i think it's big i think it's a price now it's mm. so convenient okay to go back to china like think about the old folks okay the uh the sixty years or above okay when they uh, they they retire okay so what happened is something like i I have many friends like this too like uh, they 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 get early. And, and go to china because they don't have to pay a lot of like uh, transportation uh, uh that the cost for that okay because the two bucks for for, for taking their subway and then you go back to china you don't pay anything and mm-hmm. they have uh, their early lunch there and buy the grocery and come back okay but they do every day so, so, so we think about that uh, they can spend money in Hong Kong, okay, like this. I, I, I'm afraid because, uh, like, uh, in this respect, if you have this kind of trend, and uh, this will really harm the economy because internal consumption is very much affected by this behavior too. Sure. Um, but uh, yeah, I think in terms of administrative costs, and uh, it's up to the our uh, intelligent uh, government to to think about that, okay. But uh, if you don't charge that high, twenty thirty bucks. Okay, then people can, people think about it and minimize the number of trips going back there. Okay, Okay. waiting for like not, 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 not every day. I just try to cut it down and we try to cut it down and try to help Hong Kong try to boost the economy like this. Otherwise, there sure. will be a leakage of money. Yeah. And uh, that is my concern. OK.
1: Right. So I've got, a, I've got a lot of emails coming in today. I'm not surprised, actually. Uh, from Henry. Mm. The departure tax raise is likely to cause strong objections from the public and GBA residents. Daily crowds of people leave mm. for Shenzhen to buy food, yum cha, travel, etc. as Hong Kong prices are way too high for retirees, for lower income people, and even for middle class and the clever sea lies. The price differences are just irresistible. I, he also says GBA residents would also find the departure tax increase repulsive as it is just inconsistent with increasing integration. That's from Henry. Reflects some of your, your comments uh, there, Andy. Mm. Uh, Mike yeah. says uh, this is the continuation of mass crowd control. Stop the habit of diners across the border to Shenzhen. Not to mention the busloads of Hong Kongers going to Sam Clubs uh, for other daily grocery shopping trips to avoid Hong Kong's high prices. Two thousand and ten in reverse when shopping bus shopping tour buses filled the streets of Kowloon. Just a thought. Not exactly, but I'm, meaning Mike. Uh, I'm waiting to see if touching wallets or if touching if touching wallets in this personal daily travel will get any response. Uh, maybe not many might be thinking, okay, I can pay this departure tax once. All caps. So I mean, we, a couple of a couple of emails there. Um, Car.
4: Yeah, uh, I want to like do a further more about your point of view about the people like going back to mainland China, Shenzhen to have some like, for example, entertaining thing or the grocery shopping to there because it is very easy to get there and then I like, come back very uh, fast and convenient. But what about uh, just like C. Lai San said before, it's about like some people are literally living in in Shenzhen, then they need to like come to Hong Kong to work and then at the night and then they go back uh, to Shenzhen to, to, to stay, to, to live there. Then what about the departure tax like will affect their life? Oh.
0: Oh you have you, you just have to make an exemption, okay. I I think like um what I trying to tell people is something like if a permanent resident people have the uh, permanent address in Hong Kong, they work in Hong Kong and then they have to pay. But if they work in Hong people who live in some gen working uh, work in Hong Kong, they should have exemption. Mm-hmm. Of course these people will raise the concern about administrative uh administrative costs. But I think that oh, can enforce okay, nowadays.
1: And enforcement. Mm-hmm. I mean, okay, uh, I'm a permanent resident of Hong Kong, but, oh, now I live in Shenzhen and work in Hong Kong. Oh, well, here's some documents that show that I have a flat and the guy at the is like, ah, I don't recognize these property documents. I don't know what this means. Oh, mm-hmm. wait. Then maybe he gets them through, but then are the police going to go track him down because he was cheating on his $25... <laughs> tax? I mean, come on. <laughs> I mean, it sounds simple, uh, but uh, it gets complicated very quickly. Uh, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, I understand. But but uh there, there are ways to to do it, okay. But uh, in, in always when you have this kind of like a departure test, you can raise many kinds, many questions, and also there are loopholes there. But I think that just keep it simple. People live in Hong Kong, they have their address in Hong Kong, then uh, they should pay. Otherwise, you know, if you kind of play with the system, and try to cheat the system, then there's a certain cause. You have to do it. You have to find ways to avoid it. So uh, if you get uh, get caught. Okay, think about the penalty. Okay, you can impose penalty if you get caught. Okay, could be a thousand times of the uh, $25. Okay, so who would try
1: to... But I mean, it would cost uh, you a thousand... It would, cost you a, it would cost you a thousand times to hire people to police it. I mean, you're trying to catch... Ooh. People People are like getting out yep. of $25 fees because, oh, I'll put down right. my friend's address because he's got a flat in Shenzhen. I'll say I live there. Are they really going to hire inspectors to go yeah, yeah. and I, stake I, out the I, place I, to find a few I understand,
0: I understand, I understand. You, know? you need to catch one or two people like this and then set them an example believe me like uh now people like the thing about the the penalty they put uh they they say like for those stores on the street uh they they put things uh outside the store they get penalty right nowadays uh, you don't see too many people there to put things outside the store because they they, 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 they the penalties is very high in that respect i think it's really like i, I we, we should not uh, spend um Think about, okay, there's some issues regarding this issue, but let less, less, uh, the government think about whether this is doable or not doable. For me, it's doable in that respect. But of course, there are some cheaters in the system, okay? But now you have to think about the penalty, and that's all. Uh, of course, you, you think about, like, the main thing my concern is not on, is, uh, my, main, my main concern is internal consumption. That's all. And yeah. we can see the, we can look at the retail sales. That's a really, really disappointing retail sales. And uh, it indicates a lot of leakages from from this from this aspect. How high would and, the tax uh, have to be don't...
1: to actually change behavior and promote more consumption here? If it's twenty five bucks, I mean, if I'm going to the mainland for something, I'm probably saving more than twenty five dollars on whatever I'm spending money on. So how much but would the departure do every tax have to be? It
0: more? adds up. You do every day for for people who uh, just do it like like this, going there to have... a. Uh, to have like a uh, much fun to buy grocery or to just uh uh have a uh, uh, yamcha, okay hmm. To have uh, early lunch there and uh it adds up if you do it every day that is not fun because you know you go back forth, still you have, to tra- you have to travel at the same time you add up, add up. Sure, because mean... uh, 25 bucks every day so it's, it's still data have considered okay yeah and um my, my main thing is some kind of pretty certain uh disincentive okay uh the the thing whether it, it 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 will it will become like a real departure tax or not I don't know, but uh, it's up to the government examine. But I don't oppose to discuss tax. My main concern is we have a really a structural deficit in Hong Kong right now. We need ways, we really need many ways to raise money, at the same that we need ways to control
1: our expenditure. That's the main thing. Ooh, that that could be a whole nother show. We could get people to send in their ideas about <laughs> uh, you know what oh, other yeah. other other ways that we could address the deficit, both in the revenue and on the cost side. Mm. Um, I've got an email here from Ilner, it's a bit of a long one, so I'm going to maybe pare it down a little. bit. he says, proposing new taxes and increasing levies, such as a departure tax, contradicts the goal of creating a competitive and attractive business environment in Hong Kong. The city has always been known for its low tax regime, which has been a unique characteristic. Instead, Hong Kong should implement measures to reinforce its status as an international financial center. Why should such a departure tax only apply to permanent residents, continues Ilner. Such a measure will not effectively address Hong Kong's fiscal deficit. It is crucial to carefully consider the potential impact on individuals who frequently travel for work or personal reasons. Striking a balance between economic benefits and the convenience of travel is essential. Hong Kong should focus on identifying alternative avenues to boost revenue rather than resorting to tax increases. For example, one proposal put forward by the New People's Party suggests imposing levies on super luxury goods which could be a viable idea worth considering that plays into – uh, it repeats a lot of what we've said on the show, but also maybe this idea for a special deficit-busting show. Um, mm. So, um, Andy, we've just got you for about a minute left. Can you uh, just give – it? if you were so, – so departure tax, for or against, mm. who should it apply to and how much? 30 seconds go.
0: Okay, like, of course, it's uh, people living in Hong Kong, like permanent residents. So permanent residents only – so- yeah, yeah. Permanent. Uh, there should be some exemptions to people who really uh, need to travel a lot. Okay, and at the same time, like we do have to examine the cost and uh, yeah, maybe charging twenty-five, twenty-five to thirty bucks. I think will be uh, will be a good, good, uh, good charge uh, to to start with. Uh, let's see how how it how it goes. But Andy Kwan says, "I think says, it's controversial." Yes, okay. twenty-five
1: to thirty dollars, permanent residence only, with exemptions. If I can sum it up, yeah. Perfect. Yes. There it is. The final word from Andy Kwan, director of the ACE ACE Center for Business and Economic Research. Great to have you on the show again, Andy. We appreciate it. Thanks for joining us. I have a message from the Transport Department. As of nine sixteen, light rail service dis- disruption due to a foreign object damaged the overhead line near On Ting stop. So there will be a diversion. Route five hundred five in both directions is diverted. Will not stop at Xuelun and Chunmun. Five hundred seven. diverted and will not stop at Tun Mun Ferry and Tun Mun stops. Route 614 and 614P, both directions diverted, will not stop at Siu Hei and Town Center. Route 751, both directions is diverted, will not stop at Yao Oi and Tun Mun. Free MTR shuttle bus service is running between the Tun Mun Ferry Pier and Sam Shing to carry passengers. So one more time, free MTR shuttle bus between Tun Mun Ferry Pier and Sam Shing because of the light rail service disruption. Uh, you can find out more with the transport department, I imagine, because that's where we get our info from. So that's it for now. Thank you very much. Your weather for, uh, at the moment, mainly cloudy, cool in the morning, dry with sunny periods during the day. Outlook sunny periods in the next couple of days. Sounds great. Currently, it is 18 degrees Celsius and 76% humidity. And now the news with Todd Harding.
0: Cathay Pacific's chief executive says the airline won't be calling off more flights at the last minute, adding that it's now decided on the dozen flights a day that will be cancelled between now and the end of next month to ensure that all services will run during the lunar new year peak. President Biden says the US and the UK have begun launching airstrikes against Houthi targets in Yemen. It comes as the Houthi group continues to target Israel-bound ships in the Red Sea and says they will continue to do so until there's a ceasefire in Gaza. And South African lawyers present its case accusing Israel of genocide at the International Court of Justice, calling on the court to order Israel to cease military operations in Gaza. I'll have more news at 10 o'clock.
5: Check out the new fixed penalty prices across Hong Kong. Littering three thousand, spitting three thousand, unauthorized display of bills three thousand. Fouling of street by dog feces or dirtying public places, the sea or country parks, is subject to an increased fine of three thousand. Meanwhile, shopfront extension or illegal disposal of a large amount of wastes is subject to an increased fine of six thousand. The new penalties take effect from October twenty second, twenty twenty
1: three. Don't pay the price. Keep our city clean. No matter how cool you are, no matter how popular the photos you shared on social media, once you take drugs, they will damage your physical and mental health or even ruin your life. Call 186186 or send a message via WhatsApp or WeChat to 98186186 to speak with us. We are here to help. Let's stand firm. Knock drugs out. And we're back. We're back on Back Chat with RTHK Radio 3. I'm Andrew Work. Today, hosting with me is Kara Ha. And we're talking about the Liberal Party idea for a departure tax, uh, both as a means to put some more money into the government, help beat that deficit down, but also to keep Hong Kongers in Hong Kong and stop them from fleeing across the border to spend their hard-earned dollars on cheaper goods and services. Uh, joining us to continue the discussion is Vera Yuan, lecturer in economics, Hong Kong U Business School, the University of Hong Kong. Good morning, Vera.
2: Good morning, Andrew.
1: All right. Uh, we'll start with the departure tax. Yay or nay, what say you?
2: Um, I wouldn't take a stance myself because I think they're both ways of argument. Um, I don't mind they do it. I don't mind they don't do it.
1: Okay. So, give us some pros and cons.
2: Well, I think um, who supports the uh, the Pacture tax would be, you know, business owners in Hong Kong, retailers, food and catering, because they think that uh, some of the residents, they have take advantage of the cross-border difference in prices and they have made their consumption in uh, the mainland China instead of in Hong Kong, I mean, that has a greater implication because when you buy more in the mainland China than in Hong Kong, that means you're employing more people in the mainland China than in Hong Kong. Uh, Hong Kong people losing jobs. So that, that actually has a greater implication in the overall economy. And so, if is business- men uh would like to you know have this departure tax to kind of you know make better profit so that they have more customers in hong kong so when people they will bar by the tax they would refrain more or from you know going cross-border to do so i mean at least in a short term but then um i think Overall, I do not think the government would impose that because it's politically incorrect. The greater plan, the strategic plan, is to have greater integration of Hong Kong into the greater Bay Area and also into mainland China. Mm -hmm. So what they are thinking is not Hong Kong economy alone. It's not the GDP of Hong Kong alone. It's about maximizing the GDP of China, maximizing efficiency of the whole uh, China so if you're just thinking about yourself, your own city, you know, your business, your GDP, then then they don't quite like this idea. They think, you know, if it could help China economy overall, it's actually more efficient if you take away the whole border. Yeah. I mean, in that way, economically. You know. So they don't, they wouldn't want to do so. So whether Hong Kong has lost business because of that, they don't really care. And... And I think the bureaucrats, the senior government officials, maybe they will not be bold enough to do such things because they would be seen as trying to build a war, uh, you know, across the border, not allowing more integration. In fact, they're trying to do the reverse. They're trying to do in 24-hour um, border control so you can, you know, travel to the mainland China or come back at any time. So in that sense um I don't think they would like to do so but the funny thing is uh, you said that it's the liberal party uh politicians yeah. who wanted to increase their tax and and I checked the record they actually has argued for reducing the airport infrastructure tax before Really? And own. I was there. Yeah.
1: So, this move, this, this, I mean, the politics of it, this is very off brand for the Liberal Party, isn't it? I mean, what are they thinking? I mean, their their constituency are not going to like this because they travel.
2: No, their constituency are some businessmen in Hong Kong who open stores in Hong Kong, who open shopping malls in Hong Kong, and then who were landlocked in Hong Kong. So, it's for their constituency. They are not really liberal. You know, economy applicants. they are like advocating for their clients. They've lost. They've lost their.
1: They've lost their way. It's very sad. Now, Vera, you're 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 a legitimate economist. I like to think I'm a sometimes economist. Um, we know that economics is about incentives, and it happens at the margin, right? So, twenty-five dollar departure tax for somebody who can afford to fly to Japan or Singapore, whatever. They're, I mean, whatever. They're not going to care. But you know, for you know, we had some examples from, you know, people that are you know, old. old low income people that are crossing the border every day, they can take their $2 train ride to the border, go across, everything's cheap, great. Those people are the ones at the margin whose incentives will change over this. I mean, is this going to end up just really impacting the lowest income people?
2: Um, Well, it depends on whether the low income people, like they could earn more by having employment in Hong Kong. Then you know save more to consume in mainland China. Yeah, I think that's the map. I mean, if they retire, of course they they could have lose off because of that. But if they have jobs, like you know, I think the labor market is is tight now. But maybe it's not gonna be that good.
1: Yeah, I mean, this, in the this, future, this idea that people won't cross the border for a twenty five dollar fine. I mean, let's like, I mean, if if you're a, if you're the kind of person who's going to move the needle on the economy as a category that is not $25 doesn't change your behavior i mean yes. that's that's not even half a beer anymore half a <laughs> glass of wine to, to put it into the numbers i understand right car
4: yeah so um but do you uh, uh, like if the government really take the suggestion to like start to consider about this de- departure tax will implement in hong kong so how how far or how e- effective you think this will help actually general Hong Kong's like income revenue?
2: Well it really depends because with this tax you also stop tourists from coming. Like you stop people from England from visiting because they have to pay when they go back. Mm. So um, you really don't know whether overall it actually helps or not in that way. And some of those people, they they just do a day trip because it's it's cheap to go here. They don't have to live here, so you would have people who are uh, who would stay overnight like here who are more willing to spend. But people who who originally don't want to spend that much, they wouldn't come at all. Like I think you would be changing the kind of like tourists or visitors you have into Hong Kong. And that depends on whether Hong Kong is still attractive. But I think the problem with Hong Kong is that they have lost out many international tourists who Mm. would definitely stay overnight because it's too far to travel to Hong Kong for them. Just like when we travel to Japan, we wouldn't do a one-day trip because it's impossible or it's too tiring uh, unless it's a business trip. So we would... Because we have already paid a fixed cost, so we'll be like spending like a said, in Japan, and then for for Hong Kong to to them, it's it's kind of a choice whether I want to do a, one do a day trip or not coming to Hong Kong. Mm. So you need to think about that part. It's like who who are poor? Are the visitors poor? Are our low income like consumers poor? And then and then get the overall map. I actually don't know whether it would eventually help mm. uh, with Hong Kong economy in that way.
1: Yeah. I've got a couple of emails. Uh, they keep coming. Uh, so, uh, colon, like the body part, I guess maybe that's their handle. Um, so much discussion all over the place, but why so much reluctance to face the fact that after so long, Hong Kong is perceived as being deficient in value for the money spent here. It's a perception that's being shared more and more internationally as well, sad to say. All the suggestions are Band-Aids that eventually fall off. The administration knows that, but like all administrations, it takes comfort in knowing they won't be held accountable. That's an email from Colon. Um, I've got one here from Housing Estate Brett, who used to write quite a bit, Um, maybe still does, just not in the days that I'm on. Today, Housing Estate Brett says, the capital works fund bracket protection bracket departure tax is not going to solve the root problem. Hong Kong is too expensive. The cost of land ends up in the prices of all goods and services and all the money goes to building things instead of funding all public expenditure as it had been until 1982. On top of that, government strives to squeeze as much money as it can from land. In typical Hong Kong fashion, we're focused on treating the symptom instead of curing the disease and punishing people for trying to make ends meet. Um, <clears throat> Sabir, you, know, you made some good points earlier about people coming here in the value perception, like our, our writer Colin suggests. Um, we discovered a new phenomenon on New Year's Eve when we had all these people stranded in Hong Kong uh, because I don't think we'd ever had so many people come for something in Hong Kong and then intend to return to Shenzhen at the end of the night. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been talking to families in Hong Kong where they say, yeah, my mom's come to visit from from the United States and she's coming to visit us in Hong Kong, but got a hotel in Shenzhen because the price differential was so great that it was worth taking the high speed rail back and forth every day. Um, and so, I mean, <clears throat> you know, we talk about at the margins, uh, uh, you know, and that's where economics happens As, is a twenty five departure tax even if it applies to tourists i mean the liberal party suggestion is permanent residents only but even if it's applied to tourists um now that people are doing these things like visit hong kong stay overnight in shenzhen every night um I mean, they're probably getting hotel right they're probably staying at the hotel for you know 500 less you know i mean is, how expensive does a departure tax need to be to change behavior of people that will have an economic uh, you know will have any kind of an economic impact on business in hong kong by keeping them here hundred dollars you five know, hundred
2: dollars i think the uh levy is would affect different groups of people if it's 25 dollars, there you know people living in public housing they like to go in in china very often like 100 times per year and then this would deter them mm-hmm. but for tourists uh yeah it depends on what they're looking for i mean it's quite common for us to live you know, Osaka and travel to Kyoto and then back to Osaka or, you know, to Nara. and You know, this is very common. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you go traveling, like if, if the train is fast enough, like one hour is nothing. Um, so, I think in the long run, it's more about the factor price equalization. I yeah. mean, if they are trying to do this integration thing, like Hong Kong prices have to go down, like the rent and also for the wage or in a greater area they would go up i mean they will equalize at the end so then you have a picture of what hong kong real estate market and labor market would be like Mm -hmm. in the next 10 years because i mean if there's difference in prices and the border is you know disappearing like finally the prices will be equivalent
1: Mm -hmm. i mean So earlier in the the earlier show, we had people coming on and saying, "Okay, yes, do it, but have an exemption for poor people, have an exemption for people crossing the border for work, have an exemption for people that are crossing the border for school, have a people for exemptions just because they can come up with some sob story. Um, A huge administrative cost. Then, you know, then you've got enforcement issues uh, and then you're really only impacting the, the behavior that you're affecting and keeping people hung is going to be people at the low income level. Um, why don't they just increase the airport tax by like twenty bucks? Nobody will even notice because it's in the price of their ticket. No, ha- and we we'll,
4: will pay it anyway.
1: We're going to pay it. We'll pay it without even thinking about yeah. it. The you know, and I'm not saying they should do this because I'm all I'm always for lower taxes. First. <laughs> but I mean, uh, nobody would even notice. It would raise money. There's no extra administrative costs. I mean, yep. I mean, when the government, when the Liberal Party rocks up with this idea, is the government going to be like, guys, really? Or do you think the you know, or do you think there's going to be some receptivity to it?
2: No, that depends on the aim of raising the tax. Now, if, if they want to, you know, help kind of local business in Hong Kong, like local landlords, like who relies on rent, then that um, land departure tax would help. But if they just want, you know, some more income into the, you know, government, then, I mean, why, why, why do such things? Yeah. It's like too clumsy to extend whatever. There's so many tax they can raise. Sure. Yeah. And, and there's so much money they can save.
1: And, and the financial <laughs> secretary has indicated that he is going to do a wholesale review of government fees uh, to to update and modernize them. So maybe that'll be the plan. Vera Yun, always a pleasure having you on the show. I love it when uh, you're on, when I'm on. Uh, so thank you very much for joining us today. Vera Yun, lecturer in economics at the Hong Kong U Business School at the University of Hong Kong. Um, I've, got a, I've got a few, like I said, the emails keep coming. I'm going to ramp through them to get to our next part of the show. TC says, This is called Be Careful What You Wish For. Going to mainland China to shop is a consequence of a one hour living radius that previous administrations have been promoting. Thank you, TC. Uh, from Mark uh, simply weigh people and their luggage on the way out and charge them a fee for each extra kilo on their way back. <laughs> So those filling their bellies or suitcases pay and regular commuters don't. Creative. I like it. High tech. Uh, Mark continues. This could also assist Hong Kong with solid waste disposal with people traveling with ballast and all sorts of other creative secondary markets. Mark, I hope the government tracks you down to get your creative ideas on the (laughs) record. Uh, And finally, we got one from Peter. Who says, on one hand, uh, the government wants to stimulate people exchange while also strengthening Hong Kong's Chinese identity and integration with the mainland. Implementing a departure tax would mostly be counterproductive to this strategy, achieving the exact opposite by imposing a fine for exploring the motherland. Also, it appears that local businesses are terrified to compete. Therefore, the establishment has asked the government to impose a departure tax in the hopes that more locals will remain home and spend more. Instead, local businesses should become more innovative and creative, particularly in improving their services to catch up with mainland standards. Furthermore, the government's job is to improve the local economy, not to fine people for wanting to go to the mainland. That's Peter. That's been our talk on the suggestion of a departure tax from the Liberal Party. And we're moving on to the next part of our show on Backchat on RTHK Radio 3.
4: You're listening to BackChat. Call us on 233-88-266 and have your say. I'm
1: Andrew Work, and I'm here with Car Ha on RTHK Radio 3's Back Chat, and we have fakes, fakes everywhere, and not an info to drink. And to figure it out, we are invited onto the show. Ian Lim, the Regional Chief Security Officer for Palo Alto, uh, Palo Alto Networks, a multinational cybersecurity firm headquartered in California. Good morning, Ian. Hi, Andrew Carr. How, how are you guys doing? Hi. Pretty good, but I'm a little annoyed. Every time some video pops up in my Instagram feed with, huh, I'm Elon Musk. Obviously not. <laughs> and I've got a great investment idea for you that's going to make you a million dollars. It's clearly not him. Uh, nope. Instagram.
4: I got so much like Taylor's Swift speaking in Cantonese. There. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. So this, this, this goes to the heart of the matter. Some people might be taken in yeah. by Elon Musk, but I mean, I don't think anyone's going to believe Taylor Swift all of a sudden learned Cantonese just to Very flog, fluently. Very fluently <laughs> to flog someone. I what, what were they selling? Investment products or hair care no, products? No,
4: she was like just showing off her Cantonese on that like Instagram post. And then people would be like, oh, oh wow, so good. Like She, uh, she learns <laughs> Cantonese. She learned Cantonese. Uh, she can speak fluently very international right.
1: so ian Lim, is the, is the ultimate problem people are stupid or is something else or is something else going on what, what is going, what is the yeah, latest that's, uh, on deep fakes <laughs> yeah what what is the latest on deep fakes
5: well so i mean so i mean the the term deep fake right it it really sort of calls out you know the idea that the fakes are so good you can't tell anymore yeah. Um, and you know, same thing with the Taylor Swift. Right, they can move her mouth to to kind of enunciate Cantonese. Um And and the the deal about this is that it's not just happening at the voice arena or you know or, or with images, but deep fakes are are going around in websites, in apps, you know, fake mobile apps, you know, in emails, uh, and and there's a lot of of capabilities that these hackers are gaining, especially with generative AI, that they can create these things in, you know, in scale and, and, you know, at scale and and really fast, you know, so speed and scale is what you're dealing with here.
1: Right. So, so I mean, uh, you know, there's there's talk in some legislatures around the world. A uh, member of parliament, Dingleberry, is suggesting that the government should in some way make it illegal for people to do deep fakes but then you get into freedom of expression and satire yeah. and all this. I mean I mean yeah. how how do we draw the line on is, is okay, first of all, is there any such thing as a proper use of deep fake or Yeah well I I, I mean Obviously, for
5: satire, right, and comedy and, and what have you, I, I think the, the idea is that, you know, I, I mean, this is, this is my opinion more than anything. Um, it, it's not to sort of quench uh, innovation, right? You don't want to sort of stop the, the use. And, and, and some of these things are, are funny, but I think that it, it's important to label them. Right, so remember back in the day when you know, Google used to pre- pre- present us with you know, all the searches and you, you got the links and then you know, over the course of time, you start to see that, that label that says, these, this, these are sponsored, right? And, and you treat those things differently. So I think that, that at the minimum, uh, that there, there should be a, so, sort of an enforcement to say, look, if you're putting up stuff for satire, for uh, AI, you know, deep fakes to, to sort of make a point or, or be creative, you need to label it. You need mm-hmm. to say that you're using deep as opposed to, hey, let's put a complete ban, you know, on deepfakes across the board. Again, this is this is just an opinion. You can you can do label, but and but how I do you think- label it?
1: Do you do you have to watermark your video or photo? Because I mean if you just put it in yeah, the text, but- people are gonna spread it and without the, the text that went into a social media post. I mean, I you- think
5: so. I, I think you do both, right? You, you probably have to sort of put that label on the watermark, off the image, you know. Um, if, if it's a voice, then you sort of come up with uh, you know, a, a, a note in the beginning, sort of a disclaimer note. You know, and, and you definitely have to have yeah. the text on captions, et cetera, et cetera. Um, again, you know, this this is this is sort of a, a, an in between. Uh, 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 sh- should we do nothing about it? No, we shouldn't do nothing about it because it's obviously causing a lot of confusion and, and a lot of you know fake news, right? Um, but but should we should we go to the extent of prohibiting it? You know, so so that's sort of my middle ground in that.
1: Right. And, and technol. I mean, as an observer, I mean, like like I said, if I see yeah. Elon Musk flogging some ridiculous product, of course, immediately I know. Karha um, is smart enough to figure out that Taylor Swift can't speak can't brilliant Cantonese. And I <laughs> yeah. mean, but apparently some people can't. So how how can people look for uh, deep fakes in video and audio? How can they how can they protect yeah. themselves before legislation or, you know, comes in?
5: Well, I you know so so in in enterprise cybersecurity we've got this concept called zero trust, uh, and 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 sort of built out of three major components. So, so the first component is we have to assume breach, and the idea now is that given all the the, the you know the power of innovation and power of technology, you actually assume that you're looking at a fake. You know you should assume that you're looking at a fake most of the time, especially if they're not coming from a reliable source, you know, just just sort of coming in, you know, through your feet. You know, obviously, if you're watching the news, you know, if you're listening to radio, things that you you already have a strong familiarity with, you, you don't need to assume breach there, um, but it's always healthy to assume that most of the things that you're seeing, you know, they're, they're, they might not be real. So, so that's sort of the first principle. The second principle is, since you're assuming breach, then you need to really do a lot to verify, especially when you get into sort of the space of having to move money, having to, you know, put money into something or, or, or you know, being kind of pulled into giving out very private information. Every time you need to do that outside of what you normally do, you know, something unexpected, something urgent, you need to absolutely stop and, and, and validate. And then the third principle, you know, of zero trust is really around accurate and rapid response because you're assuming breach at some point you may get breached. So you need to be, be able to take quick action. So in a consumer space, that quick action might be knowing how to call your bank. So in Singapore, there's this concept of kill switch where you're able to call a number and basically freeze all your account. There's another thing that, that, that we've instituted in Singapore, you know, call sort of the, the virtual... Um, a money lock. And so the idea is that you've got operational cash that you use on a regular basis in your bank. And then there's a, a set of sort of hard savings that you, 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 know, you don't use unless you, you're you doing something big very occasionally. So on those hard sort of savings, you have to go to physically to a bank to, to sort of to withdraw or to move that money. So you create more um, controls over the things that that you know, the hackers are targeting, essentially. So, so yeah, so that, that, that would be sort of what I'm saying is, is have sort of a healthy uh, assumption that things are fake. Verify them consistently, especially if you're doing important financial transactions. And lastly, have a contingency plan. When, when something bad happens, be really quick to react.
4: Yeah. And but uh, uh, according to this kind of like AI technology or deep fakes, like uh, developing very fast in on the yes. internet recently, they are just like this, these years. So actually the cybercrime percentage of the cybercrime, is it really like increasing a lot throughout these years?
5: Oh, a hundred percent, you know, especially sort of in the in the deep fake arena, you know, um, the, the, there's a, a huge, huge rise, um, you know, from before. Now, you know, th- there's a story, you know, that that that's, that that catches my attention, th- th- like when it first appeared. So, early 2020, there was an incident that actually happened in Hong Kong, whereby, you know, there was a merger and acquisition happening, and and um, a, the, the, the director was interacting with the, a lawyer to sort of deal with this this M and A. And then he gets a call to say, you know, hey, move $35 million here to sort of complete the M&A. And because he's been interacting with this person, he he did it only to find out later that the the, the call that he got was from a deep fake voice. Now, that's. Peculiar because, you know, we sort of, you know, today, if you go out and look for Michael Jackson singing Ariana Grande, you'll find it. Sure. there's <laughs> a million dollars. Like you said about Taylor Swift speaking Cantonese, yes. right? Because Gen AI came onto the scene, like for us, you know, probably early 2022, you know, it, it mm-hmm. sort of hit the scene December 21 and became mainstream in, in, in 22, early 22. But these guys, the scammers and the hackers already had these capabilities in early 2020. Mm. Right, so, so that tells me that they have these tools and they're developing it, you know, in, in in a large scale now. When it comes to scams and what have you, you really have two categories when when you're leveraging, you know, with with these scammers re- leveraging generative AI, one is their, their, their existing sort of tool and trade, you know, like the phishing emails, like the, the, you know, these things, they are doing it at speed and scale because now they've got this automation, the ability to generate these things really fast, the emails mm. have no grammar to take, they sound super <clears> professional. Sure. And then on the other mm. one, it, 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 so this is the part that we have to be more, more careful about, is that they're also using it in novel new ways right? Ways that we have not seen, like, you know, that deep, the, uh, the deep voice uh, bit, right? You know, and, and now we're also seeing sort of not only about scams, about financial scams, but there, there's also a rise in hacktivism. So the idea that people are not just hacking for money, but they're hacking for a cause. And when you mm. deal with hacking for a cause and you have deep fake videos, right, they are able to sort of put celebrities put you know um, um public figures in to to push a, a, an agenda so so not only do you have to watch out for for financial scams but I think you also have to watch out for, for fake news um given sort of the rise of Gen AI.
1: How how soon how far off are we from a deep fake scanner kind of scanning my mother's uh, social media, anything they can find up, even audio and visual. And then, you know, faking a phone call real time on the fly. It's right now. That's right now. That can happen. So the, so the, the, it is listening to you. It is understanding what you are saying. And then it has somebody else's voice that it is deep faking coming up with appropriate responses. Mom, why do you need the money? Oh, because my friend uh, fell down. I got to get some money right now. Okay, mom, I'll tell that you what, just say. give me your, okay, fine. You know, I mean, so, do you so, think that, so that, you think that is now indiv- individualized, personalized, deep fakes that can do it on the fly to respond to you? A hundred percent, Andrew. Oh. especially given
5: both of you, you, you guys are on radio, right? So they, if they can There's sample your from.
1: voice, if they have enough of a sample, <laughs> they can do it. Wow. Not scary at all that anybody <laughs> can be imitated um, real time on the fly Uh,
4: I thought at the beginning, it's just like the dating apps are using a lot of defects thing. Yeah. But now it's like going to further.
1: So every time you get a phone call, every time you're talking to somebody (laughs) online, Facebook, whatever. Number one, assume breach is the word. Yes. Ian Lim, regional chief security officer at Palo Alto Networks. Thanks for that, Ian. Um, And thanks for joining us today. We do appreciate it. Uh, Do keep in mind that we've got some light rail disruptions. We talked about them earlier on the show. And so check the transport department if you're planning on using light rail. There are shuttle buses to help you get around uh, up in the new territories if that's your problem. Uh, We'll be back on Back Chat on Monday with Jim Gould and Mike Rouse to light this place on fire. Thank you for getting on here today, Carha. Thank you. Thank you to Raphael Blett And thank you to our audio engineer, James Lung. This has been Back Chat on RTHK Radio 3.